Robin and I are talking about longing and fulfillment. What's the difference? What is it to begin with? What are they? What are they? And I was thinking what that... What does it do to the soul? At the soul level we're talking about here. Right. So the big question is this. How are we to remain present and at peace in a world full of chaos, surrounded by co-workers, family, and friends who may not be on our path? That is the question, and this podcast will give you the answers. My name is Mike Shaw, and welcome to the Pathless Podcast. So I think there are two parts to longing and two parts to fulfillment. Part one of longing is when you're longing for something, but it's it's not even possible or you don't think it's within reach. It's a dream. Correct. So you're longing to spend more time with someone who's passed away. It's not possible. Mm-hmm. Second part of longing is where you're longing for something and there's actually a possibility of fulfillment, but you're in the longing phase because you don't know if it can be fulfilled. You're longing to see someone. Not sure how to fulfill it. Right. Maybe you're longing to see someone in California and you live in New York. You don't know if it'll ever happen again, but you have a longing. Right. That's longing. Fulfillment, I think, is also two phases. Phase one is you've just been fulfilled for some of something. You've been fulfilled on some. Right. You've achieved something you've longed a goal. for. You have obtained some kind of object that you've wanted for a long time right an honor whatever right but something you've longed for this is the kind of fulfillment we're not talking about i really need to go shopping this is something where you have longed for it and it is now fulfilled or manifested is a good word right but we're talking fulfillment fulfillment right and then the phase two of that is you were fulfilled like three years ago you still have this thing that's satisfying you and has your view your view has changed somewhat about that fulfillment right that's what we're talking about it's kind of like an arc so you right. get you get the idea that you want and then you go up and you come down and it and then that 3 years into fulfillment you've gone down the hill the other side of the mountain sort of so let's talk about an example that always helps so Mike owned a 19, a 71 Series 2 Land Rover, red, when he lived in California, in the L.A. area. Drove it like it was it was his only vehicle. In correct? my younger In days. his younger days. This would probably be in the 19... Well, we won't say. Hundreds. <laughs> Last century. Yeah, the last century. <laughs> and and then he got married. Is that right? And you had to sell it. Family comes along. Mm-hmm. Got a Toyota. Got a Toyota. A Toyota what? Uh, Toyota. Was it a Tercel? Tercel. Tercel. Okay, see, there you go. So here you had a Land Rover. Now you're driving a Tercel. It's kind of like when you're driving that... Uh, the Mazda, and then you get a minivan. So this is what we're dealing with. Right. So unbeknownst to me, when I met him, he had this dream 
of owning a Land Rover again. again. Yeah. Now, not just any Land Rover. But a Red Series 2, 1970. Circa 1970 right. Land Rover. So there's his longing I think phase one longing because I never really thought I'd have one again never really thought however always was checking websites well only when websites came into existence that's true because so we're talking maybe two decades of knowing I'll never have another one again in a sense right. of deep longing and also realize when he owned it there wasn't the internet so obtaining parts was practically impossible or getting somebody to even work on it. Right. It was a very big challenge at the yes. time. Right. So so here comes the internet. He starts looking at what Land Rover websites and has been since the internet was created, correct? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> so I go... Now, see, I know none of this. We've been together for a little while. Uh, and so I go off on vacation. I guess I went to Florida, that's mm -hmm. right. Hang out with my family, I come back and he said, I've been naughty. <laughs> <laughs> that's the word he used. And I said, uh-oh. And he said, I found a Land Rover and I wanna buy it. I found the same one. And then I basically told Robin the whole story mm -hmm. and she was like thinking, I didn't sign up for this. I don't know, this is part of you I didn't know. I had no idea that you would be like this. Are you sure you want to take this on? An old Land Rover? <laughs> it just made no it sense. And it does make deal. no sense. And it does make no sense. Sometimes from, in life, from a logical, our longings don't make sense. Right. Do they? From a logical point of view, it does not make sense. No. So anyway, I bought the Land Rover and now the longing was fulfilled. So that was stage one and two. And in the fulfillment period of first having it, it was just... Uh, my heart just soared when I saw the truck. Oh, and he pu pull when up. it pulled up on the back of and, on and the bed of that truck. There, it wasn't like, oh, here's my new Land Rover. There was my old Land Rover, my old life, my old self, in a sense, embodied, the spirit, come alive, Lazarus, and it was like, oh my God, my old Land Rover came out of my past and was just dumped right into our parking lot. It was mm -hmm. just so unbelievable. Yes, I know logically it's not the same Land Rover, but the feelings were so strong, it was, you know, it was the statue of Jesus making the person think of Jesus, in a sense. It was just... It was ecstatic. It was just... Ex Ecstasy. It was, yeah. It, <laughs> even though it was a physical form and it wasn't the actual one, what it represented to me had come to life. Right. So, so that's now, fulfillment phase one right so there. He's, you know, and he's found all the parts and ordered everything, and he, he's uh, been working been on working it. Working on it, getting it in good shape. He so can take it to town now. And that's yeah, and that's phase one of mm -hmm. fulfillment, mm -hmm. joy. It's mm -hmm. pure joy, and and it's been pure joy for a year. So now I'm just wondering, having the Land Rover for a while, for a year, am I entering phase two? And should there be a phase two, dare I allow such a thing as my passion and fulfillment to wane? I still love the Land Rover. I love having it. I love driving it. But do I love ordering parts for it and fixing it and doing all that now as much as I did when I first got it? Right. He actually, for the first time, verbalized, uh, hmm, 
just there's some points when I wish I didn't have it. Yeah, maybe I could sell it. Maybe but, I could sell it. But yeah. I'm thinking I'll have regrets later. So not to get mired down in this, we're just no. talking about, you called it an arc. Yes. You know, and you can picture it from deep longing to realistic longing to fulfillment and then to waning. Right. I don't know if we ought to look at life or if maybe that's how life is designed. I don't know if, if there, there ought to be an arc at all. Shouldn't we have this even keel or is there supposed to be just everything supposed to be neutral and no longing, this, no fulfillment? That's what the spirit, that's what it says in spiritual teachings. Right. So this is an external thing that brought a lot of joy and maybe it's because it's external. Yeah. That it for has sure. the arc. Maybe external things have an arc. External things have an arc. And that's just part of it. And I knew it going into it that, gee, this is material. Gee, this isn't spiritual. Gee, right. what am I doing? Gee, I'm buying a material thing that's giving me joy and pleasure to see. It's very visual. Right. It's like a piece of art. I have to own this painting. And then owning it, it's think, the same thing. I think it has, I mean, the closer you get to an internal joy that it provides anything, the more eternal and lasting it is. For example, relationships yeah. tend to have, if you only approach it from a superficial meeting my needs, it has an arc. Right, and that's why relationships fail. Yes, that's why we have a high divorce rate. Because every people are at the top of that mountain when they, they, they have manifested their soulmate. You know, people, when people get married, it, they tend to be very enthusiastic about doing that. Right, on that wedding day, at that moment. Yes. Yes, right. Maybe not everybody. That's the top of the arc. That's the top of top the longing of, arc yes. being fulfilled yes. and the top of the fulfillment the arc. The nexus of longing and fulfillment is that wedding day. Now, typically. explain nexus. Give me another example of nexus. What is nexus? The, the nexus is the place where they cross. Where two things cross. Mm -hmm. Yeah, two things. So, right, right. so longing is turning into fulfillment right at that uh, uh, that spot. So now when it comes to relationships, if you enter a relationship wanting physical things, mm -hmm. okay, physical fulfillment, physical fulfillment, mm -hmm. material fulfillment, then you could you could suffer that arc mm -hmm. and the down of it. Right now. So I think one has to be careful in relationships and in spiritual things. To, to maintain that internal joy and joy. love, unconditional love. Yes. It, when you, when, when, when a, a, a situation is in, injected with, what did you just call it? Unconditional. Unconditional love. Right. It, it doesn't have to, it doesn't follow the arc. Right. Okay. Here's an example. Family. You have a brother, a sister, or a parent, or a child. Right. There's unconditional love. Mm -hmm. There's no arc. There's no like, oh man, I am so sick of my brother. Hell, 25 years of him. Mm -hmm. uh, I can't wait to move, you know, move and not have to deal with him. No, that happens occasionally, but still there's a deep love of that brother. And then when you reunite or see him, you come to terms, everything, and mm -hmm. you're hugging. There is a deep love. Something about the family connection that is deep, deeper 
than the superficial that we're talking about. Right. So there's a good example. Right. Okay, pet. You have a you you've longed for a, a dog. You've always wanted a particular type. You get the puppy. You're in love. There's the beginning of that arc. But after you have that dog for a while, you're you're in love with that dog. That dog's in love with you. Right. There's unconditional love. There's never a dissent on that arc. Right. And that's why people support their animals through All operations mm -hmm. and expenses and everything else till they have to let go. Because there is a depth. There's depth and there's unconditional love. Right. So what we're saying here is maybe even if something starts out, because the pet's a good, good example. Yes. With a longing, maybe that's not based on unconditional love, although that's there. Mm -hmm. It can become a deep, unconditional love which has no arc. Right. Makes me think of Fiddler on the Roof and the, the couple in, in that. It's like, you know, do you love me? And of course I love you. We, da, 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 da. we had children together. And then it's like, actually, somewhere along the line, there, an unconditional love was infused into that and they love each other. Right. You know, right. Even in, in probably an arranged marriage. So, yeah, it, good example. So, so that's basically it. it. It needs to have depth and unconditional love infused into anything and you won't have the arc. Yeah, I remember um, I, I had a tailor when I, in, at the same period of my life when I had this Land Rover in my younger days. I had a tailor doing some alterations. He was an older um, Italian guy, and he had a resemblance to the, the silent screen actor at the time, Rudy Valley. And he showed me an old newspaper clipping of Rudy Valley and him, and he was a double for him. And... Hollywood. This was in California. And he, so uh, the point I'm making is he was a, an older man. And I, I looked at him as a wise uh, mentor I could talk to, just like people talk to their barber while I was talking to my tailor. Mm -hmm. So I asked him, how long have you been married? And he said, I, I don't remember what it was. It was something like 50 years. And I said to him, were you always in love with your wife? Did you f fall in love with your wife? When did you find that you really loved your wife? I asked him that question. And he said, after 20 years, he realized he loved his wife. Mm. Mm -hmm. So, I mean... It can happen anytime. That's what's interesting. Mm -hmm. um, that's the difference between, I think, material satisfaction Longing and, and material mm -hmm. satisfaction and fulfillment and then this this the soul right full fulfillment and the soulful right soulful fulfillment i think it's long it's for it's everlasting right yeah so when people make a commitment to each other or get married or dating or whatever when they first come together let's say I think it's important, and I'm not giving advice, but I'm just observing for based on this conversation alone. I think it's important that they sit up straight and say, am I in this for true, deep, soulful, uh, unconditional love? Mm -hmm. And the earlier they do that and take stock of what they want out of that relationship, the depth, the better a chance that relationship has right. to become that way. It's hard though when you're 20, you're not really in that place. <laughs> so it's a function it, of age. Uh, oh, it's a function of wisdom, uh, life experience, right. suffering, the whole bit. That's where it all comes from. Yeah. 
So what you're saying, basically, suffering is inevitable in a sense. Absolutely. There's nothing you and I could say right now. Let's say there's a 22-year-old listening to this. There's, there's no real advice we could give. I mean, we've already kind of right. explained it. Yep. But you have to see that for, the, for yourself. Right. Growth comes at the border of chaos and order. Right. Or pain, suffering. And chaos is the same. Suffering. Yeah. And so as far as the Land Rover, we'll see. It remains to be seen. Right. What will happen uh, right. about Mike's, uh, is this really an arc? Or is there unconditional love for, for Elsa? <laughs> right. El Segundo is her name, because the second. Right, El Segundo. Well, thank you for listening. Yes. This has been uh, enlightening to think about longing and fulfillment in this way. Right. And, I mean, and hopefully you'll understand it better just like we do now. Right. Thanks. Thank you. You've been listening to The Pathless Podcast. Listen to more of these podcasts on iTunes, Google, Breaker, Radio Public, Spotify, and other podcast stations. For more information, go to our website, pathlesspath.org. And thanks for listening.